let's go ahead and get started. Hopefully more people show up. <laughs> Sometimes that that's, uh, six o'clock our time anyway is kind of hard to, <laughs> to, to join. I heard that from lots of people that they're needing to, to fluctuate between the, the different uh, groups, et cetera. We'll, we'll see how it all pans out. Um, Let's go ahead and, and start with a prayer. Mom, you want to start us off? Our kind Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to, this evening to meet together and discuss as a group the Isaiah Decoded book. We appreciate this book and having access to it and learning more about what Isaiah is is trying to tell us. Um, please bless us that we'll have the Holy Ghost with us this evening to help us and discerning truth and and realizing the things that we need in our own lives and what it what is there for us we ask you to please bless us that the discussion will go well and we'll continue to learn and grow in the gospel these blessings we pray for in the name of thy son jesus christ amen, amen. all right so laura how did you like the uh facebook live discussion or whatever that they had uh, <laughs> Were you able to, to hop on and watch that? I was hoping to meet Brother Gileotti. I don't know. Was yeah, <laughs> me too. I was so excited and so pumped. And I mean, not that it wasn't great, but it was like, oh. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was. What, really plan on him being there or what was the deal? Uh -huh. that, I mean, that's what they said anyway, that, that they were planning on him being He's there. Like this, sorry about the light. I'm trying to figure out the light here. He's like a ghost or something. Like, we don't know when he's going to come. <laughs> oh, shoot, my book is falling apart. Let me turn on this other light. You're good. Yeah, um, I love um, I love what David had to say. Mm -hmm. Here, I guess the other, one, other two people were also instructors. Is that what they were? I didn't hear the introduction part. Uh -huh, yeah, so they're also moderators. Um, they decided as the Isaiah Institute to, to start doing book clubs, etc. And so um, those were like the three main moderators that they started off with. And they're just kind of uh, getting feedback and, and moving forward and, and going to be branching out into some of the Isaiah Institute's other books, etc. in the future. Um, but just kind of basically it was just kind of sharing their their testimonies of how the the groups are going and and how people are reacting to uh, to, to learning Isaiah's words etc it was way different than I was expecting but but yeah it was still good to, to kind of see some of that that insight from the other groups as well yeah how many people were on did you notice I didn't I I don't even know I, I rarely jump on Facebook anymore. And that's just one of the things that I missed. So I, I, I think I looked for you, but I didn't see you there. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I was there. Did you watch uh, the recording or the live? I watched the, the live. The so live. It, I, I should have been in there. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't I, see you. Sorry, darling. On Facebook. Um, have, you ever, have you ever been part of any of his question and answer, Brother Giliotti's question and answer discussion groups? No, um, the only thing that I've ever had prior to this was, um, I think Maso was kind of uh, pushing it, advertising it uh, last fall when he did uh, kind of a presentation on end time stuff. And, and I watched that, but that was the only other thing prior to this um, mm -hmm. that, that I've ever heard about. So yeah, it's all still kind of new to me and, and just kind of learning as I go. So I've done um, Brother Giliotti's um, podcast for Isaiah and for the Book of Mormon. I've been through all of those. Yeah. Um, David keeps talking about his um, devotional or whatever he did in August. Did you did you purchase that or did you watch that or I don't know? I think um, it, I believe that that's would have been the one, right, Mom? I, I mean, it was yeah. probably about August that we did that. I'm I, that's what I. 
And that cost to do it was forty dollars. Uh -huh, so was it worth it? Well, they were having technical problems with that one too. <laughs> it was, it was cutting in and out. In fact, it was off for oh a good twenty minutes or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't even start back on. It, it was kind of different, but yeah, it, it was good though. But when when he was on there, it was really good. I liked it a lot. So was he answering questions? Yeah. Just talking. Yeah, OK. Uh -huh. Yeah, he was presenting a lot of material and then like some questions at the end um, was the format for that one. I've heard that there's other ones where he just purely answers questions. I know that they're filming a, a series right now. It's kind of like the, I don't know, BYU roundtable kind of things or whatever. They post some pictures of that sometimes where uh, he has lots of different guests on there, and uh, they talk about Isaiah and some of those. I, I love the roundtables. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh, I could watch the roundtables any day of the week. Yep, right. I wish I could retain this information. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? When I was in my 20s, I, like, I couldn't watch the same movie twice, 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. You know, I was all going to end, and now I'm like, did I watch that? Did I, have I heard this before? <laughs> yep. So enjoy being young. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I turned 30, I was like, oh man, this is the downhill part. My body started creaking all the time. <laughs> Wait a minute, Cameron, you're 30? You don't look 30. Uh -huh, yeah, I'm 33. Oh, I had no idea. I was thinking like <laughs> five on my head. <laughs> yep, yeah, I've always had a baby face, but yeah, I'm getting up there. Well, I don't think that that was any criticism. I <laughs> just like... Oh, yeah. Uh -huh, yeah, like when I was, um, this is tangential, sorry for everybody, but um, uh, I was helping out with some high school stuff at, at, a, at another high school in Burley. And um, anyway, the teacher kept telling me to go back to class. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do you know how old I am? <laughs> like, I've been out of here for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, so how was it revisiting uh, chapter one of, uh, or chapter two of Isaiah, uh, now that we've went through it once with our other group and then uh, coming into to here, I, I learned that, I don't know, some of the, the other chapters like three and four really start enhancing chapter two even more to me. More things are jumping out and uh, I find it Definitely. just really cool. Definitely. I, I am so grateful to understand testing Mm -hmm. understand testing I mean even little ones like I failed a just a little test the other day I'm like oh my gosh did that really happen <laughs> oh my heck I was um oh my heck I, I totally had to repent for that but yeah. um, but to understand that we have those tests and it and um not to get angry about them just yeah. to know why we're you know why we're having them mm -hmm. a difference yeah, for sure. Um, that was completely new uh, principle to me as uh, I was going through Isaiah the, the, decoded the first time was that um, humiliation before exaltation, that there's always um, a decent phase, something that's trying, that's tough before we uh, can rise to new heights that we weren't at before. If we were just going steady, we would always be steady. But with a decent, it springboards us up and we can actually come out on a higher level or um, higher knowledge, uh, higher ability to, to withstand evil, et cetera. Um, but we'd never be able to ascend without a, a springboard action. And that, that was really huge to me as I was reading this the first time. But the second time, now that we've had the, the whole Abraham book uh, behind us and, mm -hmm. and the idea of Abrahamic tests and the test oh proving yeah. over and over again. It's not like we're just gearing up for this one final exam, this one final Abrahamic test. It's all along our life. And some are small, some are great. Um, some are right on top of each other, if not at the same time. But that, that idea is super helpful once it's explained and lined out. It just makes so much sense. And you're like, oh, I can see uh, looking back at my life, what all of that was and the timing and and then look forward with more faith 
um, and and understanding it. Oh, okay, I'm in the midst of a trial, and, and I'm I'm gonna press forward and and not yeah. lose my faith. It's not gonna be shaky. It's not like oh, I've done something to offend God and He's cursing me. It's a, a testing and, and proving phase before we can exalt for higher blessings, kind of thing. So I think something really to keep in mind with this whole thing is to understand that we're going to be part of someone else's test. Mm. Yes. And in various ways, sometimes we're going to, <laughs> to be that obstacle that they have to overcome. And sometimes we're going to be a ministering angel that helps bring them higher. Right. And through it all, I didn't mean to turn off my camera. Sorry about that. Through it all, we have to love, we have to love each other. We have to love each other. And so when we love God, we're going to love each other. So just focus on loving God and it will come more natural. Mm -hmm. to love each other. There are people doing things that are not okay, but we still have to love them. Yeah, for sure. I love that, that principle that you just said there. Um, it reminds me of sister Eubanks talk last conference in October um, you know, we, we need to achieve that swing, but there are many things that should never happen in Relief Society, in our wards, etc. But they do, and, and we have to be able to rise above it. We still have to be unified, and we still have to achieve swing. And um, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're all in this together if we'll just take a breath in some of our, our anxious moments of, of testing and trial and, and see the bigger picture, pull, pull back a little bit and um, see how to, to proceed forward. And that's the great thing about having the ability to repent daily, if not hourly, and being able to take the sacrament and renew covenants each week so that we can become clean, always remember him and have his spirit to be with us. Um, what a blessing that is, you know, like we don't have to go through the rigmarole. <laughs> that's I'm probably going to get struck for that one, but of the, the old, uh, sacrifices of, of the Levitical law, etc. Um, <laughs> what we have to do is, is really simple, but it, it's hard in practice, right? And, uh, always having a repentant heart, a contrite spirit and, and everything, uh, yeah, it's easier said than done, but um, with a, a proper framework, we can can look at it with with faith and not just uh, a fear or punishment based obedience kind of thing. I love that. So, um, on just kind of starting at the beginning of the chapter, uh, going through this, it it kind of dives right into the the Kabbalistic tree of life. It I, the first time I, I read about uh, this tree of life, etc., cetera, I, I was very put off by it. I was like, oh man, this is getting weird. <laughs> but um, has anyone ever uh, seen the Kabbalistic tree of life and, and know what it's about, etc.? cetera? Um, if not, I'd like to just kind of spend a, a little bit of time there and, and explain what that is. Uh, let me yeah, pop go ahead. Let me pop it up on the screen real quick. So when you said tree of life, I, it brought back before I forget this part that um, the opposition in all things, and there's also a tree of death. It's mm. in, yeah. And in this book on page 41. Yeah, for sure. That was the first time I've ever heard of a reverse model of the tree of life, the tree of death kind of thing. That That's new and intriguing to me. Um, but have you ever seen this, uh, this model, this symbolism here of the, the tree of life as uh, portrayed by the, the Kabbalists? No. So this is basically Isaiah's ladder in, uh, in a circle form. <laughs> so each dot on here is a sephirot, or one level on the ladder. Um, so the, the five main ones there in the center represent our five covenants that we enter into in the temple. And then the, the three on each side, there's three masculine on the right side, three feminine on the left side. And um, each of those paths in between the different things are, are different tests, trials, um, the descent phases before ascent phases, etc. They're the different ways that we can ascend and descend the, the ladder and ways that we can be ministering angels on the ladder as well. So um, if we 
kind of take a look back uh, to, to Abraham when he has his ascension or his apocalypse, right? And he goes up to heaven. It's said that he comes back to earth with the uh, holy writings. And so one of those is the Sefer Yetzirah, and, and that is his uh, holy book of wisdom. And that's kind of where the Kabbalists take some of these mysteries and, and start expounding upon them is from that Sefer Yetzirah. Um, and and, that, and that's just the diagram that they've come up with to, to best explain the ascent through the, the heavens kind of a thing. But, um, you know, if, if it was completely necessary for, for our exaltation and, and salvation, we would have that revealed to us um, with that same model. So obviously it's not uh, required for heaven, but it, it definitely helps kind of visualize it uh, for me in a way to, to kind of help put the endowment in context and and learn from some truths that are in all all parts. The Kabbalists are, are Jewish um, mysticists or people that like to search the mysteries of the, the Torah. Um, so anyway, I, I found that very helpful to kind of picture that as Avraham is, is talking about this uh, so Cameron, where did you find this? When I um, duck, duck, go this, so it brings up a lot of different websites. Is there one that you, is it, is it on Isaiah um, Institute? Is that where you found it or? Um, no, I, I, it might be there. I, I don't know. Um, but like there, I was looking up my favorite website that explains this and how it applies directly to our endowment um, and found that right before I think I want to read up more on this. If you can send that link, that would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there it is in the, the chat, and I'll, I'll put it on Learning Zine as well. Um, but it's very interesting how lots of different religions have different truths and different ways to portray uh, some of those different truths. And so um, I find that the, the, the seven-rung ladder to heaven that Isaiah is describing here is is kind of universal every single religion every single culture tradition has some sort of representation of this and if we look at uh, book of mormon uh, you know they they rely heavily on isaiah's writings and the the tree of life that lehi dreams about is very much this same model of the the ladders of heaven you see all of the characters in the dream all of the rungs of the ladder you see all of the um, the different uh, descent before ascent phases. You see um, the, the, the servant versus the uh, arch tyrant in there. there. There's many different things, but uh, his dream and, and we learn from Abraham, many of his dreams and stuff are pointing to this same ladder uh, to heaven. All of the prophets seen it a little bit differently um, so that we could kind of have multi- variations, depictions of it to, to learn from. Uh, Isaiah's is uh, layered in symbolism, etc., but it's probably one of the most clear after uh, searching and, and looking at all the different ones. That's the one that it, it's just like, whoa, duh, of course it's laid out like that <laughs> kind of thing. If, if we'll, when we get done with Isaiah and the text, reading the ascension of Isaiah and how Christ descends through the different heavens in order to uh, be born here on earth and then how he ascends back up the heavens is very interesting um, that, that we'll take a look in when we read that that text of the ascension of Isaiah. I, um, found, mm -hmm. yeah, I found it really interesting on page 55 where it's talking about scattered Israel and when they went and were scattered among the different nations. But this opened up a, a big, um, let me just read this here. Israel's assimilation into the nations opened up new possibilities. All peoples of the world could now receive Israel's covenant blessings because of their Israelite lineage. So this was like a blessing for them to be scattered in you know, that for all the nations, and it says God could not bless them with the blessings of Israel. Um, 
According to his promise, God reserves those blessings for his own people based on his covenant relationship with them. But them being scattered, then it was able to, to bless these nations because of it. And so we see these things springing up everywhere where people are learning these different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as we see that uh, playing out over the, the, the centuries, right? Everybody has some semblance of religion, or at least that they're exposed to it sometime in their life because of this, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I go to Mexico on my mission and the, the Catholics are very much um, worshiping similar things, um, it, it's like, oh, well, they have truth and testimonies and, and things here. How did they get it? You know, like uh, there are different histories and, and uh, because they are covenant Israel, because the, the remnants were scattered amongst all nations, that um, it's kind of the, the leavening of, of the loaf, right? Like because of that, everybody uh, was able to, to have some testimonies in, in varying degrees with different religions on, on different topics. Um, from Abraham's book, we, we see um, how much of the world now has, has that DNA within them. And uh, all of the, well, the, the three main religions all have connections to that, the, those principles, that bloodline, the, the covenant blessings that, that are there to be had from Abraham. So let's look at, on page 43, I love this figure 18 here, that it talks about the millennial residents of the earth. If we're talking the, the seven letters of, of the ladder, why is it that three, the, the lowest three rungs of the ladder are not allowed in, in the millennial world? Why is it that um, we only have the, the higher, um, the higher four rungs of the ladder during that time. Because millennial is terrestrial and they're living a terrestrial, they just won't be comfortable there. They won't, you can't be there. So they'll be taken off. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're kind of saying there with the law, right? Like they're living a different law, a different set of things. And if you're living a lower law, you're not going to be comfortable. And um, it, it actually lends to, to the plan of mercy, the plan of salvation that um, God isn't going to force anyone to heaven, but uh, based upon righteousness and, um, and obedience and loyalty, that there are certain blessings afforded to, to certain groups based upon uh, the laws that they, that they live. But I found it interesting here that in the millennial reign that the zion jerusalem category is is in the millennial reign yet jacob and israel are not like that jacob israel category uh, does not go into the millennial reign but we do know that not everybody in the millennium is going to necessarily be part of the the church of jesus christ uh, of latter-day saints right and so it, interesting how to, to kind of fit that paradigm in. I wish there was more explanation and there might be uh, later on in the book or maybe in, in some of Abraham's other books. Um, but well, it, mm -hmm. it seems like, in fact, I'm sure I read that, that when we come to earth, everybody comes as Jacob Israel. Mm -hmm. And then it's a test to see if they will rise or or fall and if they don't rise then they haven't earned that mm -hmm. so it's a kind of a matter of you you come here that way then you've got to you know do something about it you got to rise that ladder mm -hmm. if you just descend and stuff then you haven't earned that so can people rise on the ladder and not be members of the church Yes, right. there would have to be. Because There's a distinction between being good people and actual saving ordinances, right? 
Mm -hmm. Like people can keep covenants with God and still not have saving ordinances in their life. But um, anyway, I, th I found that uh, an interesting parallel to think about how people can, I mean, covenants are, are more universal than organized religion. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to be like apostate here, but <laughs> uh, that, that idea that the covenants are, are in a little bit different category than uh, saving ordinances. So help me say this, in 3 Nephi, we didn't have just baptized people because Jesus instituted the baptism, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a type of shadow for his return? Oh, interesting. Yeah, probably. I have, I've never thought of that. That's what I love about these groups that like put me in a whole different mindset there. But yeah. I, I missed that. What did, she, what did you say, Laura? So Jesus, when he came, he instituted baptism. Wasn't that one of the first things that he did in 13.5? Yeah. Uh -huh. So not everyone was of the covenant, but the more righteous were the ones that were able to see him when he came here to the Americas. The wicked were all, weren't the wicked all destroyed? Mm -hmm. yeah. Were they? Because there was, then there was how many years? 300 years or 400 years of righteousness or two? What, what is the number? I forget. How many 200. Mm -hmm. Did you say? Yeah, 200. So there's 200, 200 years of righteousness, 200 years of wickedness. Right. So to have righteous, there it was the more righteous that stayed. Yeah. And it's very interesting because not all of them were baptized or else he wouldn't have instituted that, that baptism there, the, the disputations among the people about it, etc. And so... But there was baptism. We know the Waters of Mormon, we had that, that priesthood for baptism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. um, baptism was not a requirement to, to see him when he came to the Americas, yet righteousness was. And so there was a covenant relationship was um, a requirement, yet a saving ordinance that could still be performed um, later after he came. That, that's very interesting. I'm writing that down. Another sticky note. What, what David um, said about making personal covenants, like I've, I've kind of done that, but just to hear it like reinforced, I, I haven't really heard that anywhere else. Like, you just hear covenants and it's just like the priesthood covenants that you make but to make personal covenants maybe there was a conference talk that talked about that because it was kind of in my mind but then to mm -hmm. hear talk about that more to make make those personal covenants mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i i have friends that are not of our church but they are good people and they do and I believe they're still in their churches because they need to minister to those people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's people like that that are good people that are going to move on to the millennium. They're going to be there. And, but we've got a thousand years there. And that's going to weed out if they don't, by the end of the millennium, everyone will be a member of, of the Church of Jesus Christ. Well, it's probably the Church of the Firstborn. First by the way. Yeah. I guess it's, I'm learning about that too. That's a new. Uh huh. Yeah. How come I haven't heard that before? The Church of the Firstborn yeah right there's so yeah. many different things that we just never talk yeah. about in sunday school but <laughs> like um the city of enoch they're already um, members of the church of the firstborn mm -hmm. and uh when you're translated i understand that you become a member of the church of the firstborn i think we don't hear about it in sunday school because we hear about what generally we need to hear about <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah at the same at the same place you can't you can't teach some things like when i was trying to share the footnotes i just wasn't there i mean that's really frustrating but i guess there's some people that's ready for that yet mm -hmm. 
already know about it already and they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. Um, I loved on, on page 44, kind of uh, up at the top, that uh, it's the very last of that uh, carryover paragraph. It says that um, their large and formidable armies will conquer and lay waste all countries and lands before they themselves are destroyed. Whatever they do to others, the same is ultimately done to them. You know, this chapter is about the the worst of the worst, right? And so uh, here, it seems to be quite the pattern. Um, we have it with King Noah and Abinadi, right? Where um, whatever evil people do, the same is done to them eventually. And so, um, the, you know, sometimes we just label it as karma, but I think it is a, a divine law of this category that whatever they do they they get done to them in the end uh, you have that example when joseph smith was martyred or you know all those things that happened into the governor yeah. right the same the same thing happened to him or he he didn't live out a good life yeah oh, yeah exactly i hadn't put that one on my list there i'm gonna do that one as well any others in scripture that you yeah. can think of well back when they were leaving Egypt um, and the Pharaoh uh, said that the, about the, uh, the firstborn being killed and it ended up backfiring being just as opposite and it was the ended up his people that, that happened to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting connections. I love that. I think that that's the comforting factor in studying all this is the deliverance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I started um, reading one of Abraham's other books. Yeah. You never did the um, the last days. Oh, so yeah. I only read the um, the introduction by Hugh Nibley, but he said that. Most people just live lives and they have to work full time. They don't have time to study all these things. And so I carve out time to study, but a lot of people just don't even have time to carve out study. And I get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was times when I was, my, my kids were young, there was no way. Mm -hmm. Kids that are fighting and I'm up late and I'm up early and there just wasn't a ton of time. But when I, um, when I had my last one, she's 14 now. When I had my last one, I did that. I guess I covenanted with the Lord that I would get up and when she got up and I would just read when I was taking care of her, I could read and listen. And it made such a huge difference just to, to commit yeah. that covenant, keep that promise. And that was the beginning of my learning. So it hasn't been very long, it's, you know, 14 years. <laughs> In that time, I mean, when I, when I started reading the Book of Mormon in the beginning, I couldn't even say that. And I, I joined the church at 11 and then I spent 10 years away, but I couldn't say any of those names in the Book of Mormon. I, there was a girl in Sunday school that was raised in the church. We had just moved to Utah and she could say, she could just read. I'm like, how could you just read this? <laughs> yep. You know, my kids, when I started doing that, we started having scripture study. And so they can say all the names. They don't have any problem with any of the names anymore. So I see how that, that works, but I didn't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. They fortunately joined the church, but never really grasped. Unfortunately, didn't grasp it and still hasn't. They still all struggle. Mm -hmm. But be that girl that goes to the, the closest church down the street that's the church i'd be going to until they caused a conflict and then i find the next closest church like my grandmother did and she would just hop from methodist to lutheran to baptist and back and you know wherever in, in the small town in in iowa that's how she went to church is just whichever one was the nicest at the time and the closest to her house mm -hmm. so i'm so grateful to to have this knowledge i'm such a blessing yeah and a struggle to get here a huge struggle but, yeah, um, sure, right like you said that you had to kind of uh, covenant at, at one point in, in in and sometimes it's formal covenants and sometimes it's it's kind of informal but um it's an important part of the process to to mm -hmm. start getting that reservoir of living water flowing into your life yeah someone had said once you once the lord can trust you um you're going to receive more i i think that's how it goes i don't know but it's true. When you, when you keep those little promises, yes, I'm going to read. Yes, I'm going to pray. 
I mean, it, you're right. The floodgates open and more comes in. It's fun. I just yeah. got to clean it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it almost always follows the same process for lots of people where um, you, you start learning and then it's kind of like the, the stages of grief or stages of denial or whatever you want to say, but there's different stages where you kind of go into this period of, oh man, then there's the, the test or the trial. Satan really enters in and you just can't get it done all the time like you originally wanted to do. And then you get back on the wagon and then you start learning so much so fast that you start doubting uh, the people around you. Like, well, who else has heard this? Like, why don't we study this more? Why don't we learn this? Like, I gotta, I gotta shout it from the rooftops kind of thing. And then you kind of come back down and yeah, you continue studying, et cetera. And then you kind of go back up to that phase where you're like, oh my gosh, why don't we talk about this? And you just want to like, uh, you want to open your mouth in, in, in Sunday school and then you do, and then it kind of backfires and people think you're weird and apostate. <laughs> I put you on the nursery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> Let's give them a different calling. Four <laughs> years. I spent four years in the nursery. That was great. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And anyway, it's just this, this interesting process as, as we start learning and growing deeper. And anyway, it's just so fun. <laughs> we have lots of different um, descents before we, we ascend. Right. Oh my goodness, for sure. But, but in the end, every step is worth it, right? Even though you might have some embarrassing moments or, or things that you kind of wish you could take back. Like we were at a family dinner. I don't know even when it was, but I opened my mouth about timelines or, or end time kind of things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've regretted it. Every <laughs> now we're the kooks. But anyway, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> not the brags, the kooks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But um, anyway, so let's talk about uh, page 48, the servant tyrant parallelism uh, that we have here. I think that this is, you know, probably one of the most important parts of understanding end times and Isaiah, uh, what he's seen. Um, I, I love this principle that he suggests here in, in this chapter that by studying the antithesis, we can greater um, have a greater knowledge or understanding of, of the real thing. So by studying Satan, we can understand Christ and, and vice versa. By studying Christ, we can understand that everything is opposite for, for Satan. And, and likewise, for the tyrant and the, the servant, the end time servant. So here we have um, in Isaiah chapter 14, uh, he, he goes through and lists uh, characteristics, qualities, events of the tyrant. And then Isaiah 52 through 53, he does the exact same thing, but, but details it out for the servant. Now there's, there's a little bit of confusion as we go through this, that sometimes the servant means Christ and sometimes the servant means his actual end time servant, um, as it details on the next page. But, um, it, it's all placed in that servant category here. So I just kind of want to read through these. These are very interesting. Um, so we have the, the tyrant that strikes the nations and then uh, the, the opposite of that, where the nations feel God's saving arm. Interesting how that works. And uh, these different Israel's eagle and Daniel prophecies that we see of the end times, that this tyrant, this antichrist does strike the nations. He, he, he wants to govern uh, above all things. He wants to have all power to be like unto God. The, the tyrant subjugates the nations where the servant purifies them and actually starts them on the repentance process. The tyrant causes havoc and destruction versus the servant that causes peace and healing. Tyrant keeps people in bondage versus the servant that releases people from bondage. Uh, I think that that's, you know, both very literal uh, slavery type bondage versus uh, spiritual type bondage as well. The tyrant well, in, in the yeah. Book of Mormon, they had the the taxes was a bondage, right? The heavy taxes, and was that in Alma or? Uh -huh, yeah, so like the people of, of Limhi, um, mm -hmm. that were being taxed, they they got themselves into a pickle, and then their taxes are ridiculously high. And and interesting to note there um, how that that Davidic servant that that they have. Um, it, 
on behalf of his people, he enters into a covenant with the Lord so that the, the people, their, the burdens that are on their back will be lightened. They, they're still there, but they'll be able to, to abide them, withstand them kind of thing and, and still maintain happiness. Um, which we'll learn about the Davidic covenant later on in the book uh, in more detail, right? We have the, the three main uh, covenants that Isaiah details out, the Mosaic Sinai covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, and the Davidic covenant. And that um, we really just don't talk about the Davidic covenant at all in, in our modern church, but um, that's probably one of the most important ones as we, we see here um, in this tyrant-servant parallelism. Why do you think we don't talk about it? Great question. Am I being recorded? <laughs> I have my opinions, <laughs> but I, I I just think it's deeper knowledge that isn't required of everyone, or else we would be um, condemned for for that level of understanding of uh, of those requirements that we have. Uh, when we ascend, we uh, enter into. Uh, higher covenants in the temple, endowed with power, etc., And we actually start taking upon ourselves the, the role of, of kings and queens. We learn how to become that. And, but there's no formal instruction from a teacher in, in the temple, right? The, the Lord loves to do his own teaching there. And, and through process of time, as we learn symbolism, etc., we start picking up details of the Davidic covenant. I don't think that man can can necessarily teach it on his own. I, I think that that has to come through the spirit. The, the Lord needs to teach us um, himself what the Davidic covenant looks like for each one of us as we become kings and queens. That's my answer in a nutshell, but I don't know if that's right. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. <laughs> so, okay. I think so. And as we learn here, I think it was in this chapter that each level on the ladder has different covenants that mm -hmm. we are making. And so higher up on that level of the level the, of the ladder that there's there's deeper covenants there that uh, probably could be unsettling to someone on the lower rung. And um, also like David, uh, the, the the person who the covenant is actually named after, the Davidic covenant, he wasn't able to, to withstand it. He actually fell and look at what that fall caused. You know, like he is going to spend a long time in the repentance process coming back from that. And so holding us as, as a modern church to that same standard without us being quite ready for that level of, of a covenant would be an unmerciful God, I think. So, um, uh, helping us ascend the ladder, helping us grow, helping us learn step by step, and, and eventually we'll get there. But it, I, I think it's it's so precious that, that the Lord loves to teach it himself so that it doesn't get convoluted in, in some of these misinterpretations that we have um, through. That Davidic covenant that, that David wasn't able to, that he fell from, that's what put in motion and caused the the tribes and everything to that to be uh, captured and and taken and scattered. That led to all of that. It came from him not keeping that covenant. Mm -hmm. Him and him and his son Solomon. Yeah, for sure. So it's a huge thing. <laughs> yeah. So as we continue down that, that list, that the, uh, the tyrant aspires to be like God on high versus the servant is as the lowliest of men. It's interesting here how um, the, the tyrant is actually trying to ascend the ladder, but by his own devices, he's trying to, to rise to the level of godhood, etc., um, and we see that with some of these uh, uh, composite uh, personas throughout the history, like Nimrod that we studied in the Abraham book. 
he was literally trying to to reach heaven in order to overthrow god with the tower of babel etc that they're trying to ascend but but on their own terms kind of a thing interesting the the tyrant enjoys prominence versus the servant that endures igno uh, ignominy the the tyrant ascends in the heavens versus the servant that ascends out of the earth the tyrant is disposed as a king and the servant returns as a king the tyrant's reign of tyranny ends versus the servant's reign of peace begins the tyrant is exiled to sheol or hell the servant's people return from exile the tyrant is utterly humiliated versus the servant that's highly exalted the tyrant is slain for his own crimes and the servant is slain for others crimes there's always that expiation that that happens there anyway i i just find that list that parallelism so uh enlightening that it's so clearly defined uh isaiah is kind of this master poet uh, or um literary uh figure and and he just lines it out so well in in parallelism and chiastic form throughout uh, his works but that we have that is is key to knowing exactly who our enemy is and what he'll look like just take a look at god and then put that in its opposite and that's what we're looking for in in the end time i find that very comforting so that we can uh, navigate the future with faith rather than just kind of guessing and hoping that we can somehow recognize this this awful character at the end um I find it interesting as we're going through here, uh, it explains it in, in future chapters better, but that the servant, this uh, end time servant, it's not Christ, but this uh, prophet that he raises up, um, is, he does attain the, the level of seraph, yet in some way he actually dies as a martyr and receives that that honorable burial kind of a thing um i find that very interesting because seraphim are, are translated beings and people that have the sealing power yet somehow there's still that ability to die to lay down one's life um if necessary to, to die a martyr's death um i find that an interesting thing throughout the words of isaiah and um also through church history through through all the scriptures that um not all translated beings live forever like there's there's also one of the the ways that, that, that they can be a martyr and and actually lay down their life by choice um not by choice i mean they're they're killed but um I mean, they have the ceiling power. They could choose to escape. They could choose to to do many things to to thwart that. Yet, um, they have that that option kind of thing. I don't know. Babylon. Do we have an example in the Savior? Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that was he translated? Was he? Uh, that's another. My opinion. I think yes, but because you know, no human could do that, right? Right. Yeah. He had. Christ had the ability to stop at any point, and, right. but he, he did it because he knew it was necessary, and that's what the Father wanted of him, and, but he could have stopped. It, it, in fact, it, there in John, he makes sure to know, for the reader to know that it was Christ's choice to give up his life there at the end. It, it was, he chose the moment that it was finished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And much like Joseph Smith, a uh, lamb to the slaughter. Like uh, he could have ran away. He could have done other things, but he knew that it was time and, and that his words needed to be sealed with his blood. And uh, I don't know, it's a very interesting idea uh, as we're, we're learning about the, the levels of, of the ladder, etc. But um, martyrs have, have an interesting role in, in ministering to others.
sure. Um, yeah, so as we're just kind of finishing out, what are some uh, parts of the chapter that we want to discuss? What are some interesting things that we haven't uh, touched on yet that uh, we want to spend our, our last few minutes together with? Um, those are these look some of my favorite ones, and I kind of monopolize the time. But um, what what other things do you want to bring in? The book is falling apart. Sorry, <laughs> I, I found it too. I, I had to spiral bind mine because uh, my my book just like the pages were just falling off. I'm gonna have to do that, but I wrote in that margin in some places. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time too. I write so close to the margin and then I want to spiral bind it. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so we, we learn parts of this as we're learning about the gospel in the beginning, about opposition and all things. So it's really just a nice flow. It's not like a surprise that all these things happen. And so I'm Really nothing is a surprise. Yeah. It's a good feeling when you learn something new. Mm -hmm. Not new, but something more when you learn yeah, something. Just a little bit clearer than it was before. Like, oh, that's a good way to put it now. Right. Right. I had a, um, a temple worker say something in the initiatory one time and I'm like, oh, wow. And it was just like, just like one little word. <laughs> I'm like, wow. And I was so grateful that she said that and brought that to my attention. And so it's kind of like that when we study these things, like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Brings me closer to the Savior. And I'm just so grateful. Yeah. Like when I learned the, the principle of composites from this book, I mean, that changed everything because now I'm able to like articulate that when I'm speaking like, oh, well, that's just a composite for this now. I didn't know how to say that quite before. It was just like, well, types and shadows, but that doesn't quite fit sometimes. But composites is a perfect word to, to describe when a whole bunch of people represent one or a whole bunch of events represent one event and, and how everything points to Christ. I, yeah, it, uh, clarity that is like, oh, yeah, I can talk about that. It sounds not bumble over my words. <laughs> it makes sense what's going on in the world too to almost see... Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, let's see what else we got here. So we were just doing a few pages at a time and with David, and this is a whole chapter. <laughs> if I find it a little bit daunting, I am, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So my goal for it was to quickly go through Isaiah Decoded and then we'll dive into Isaiah's words and then come back to Isaiah decoded in a slower way so that we can actually dissect some of the stuff after learning Isaiah's words. Uh, but <laughs> one chapter a week is, is pretty difficult, isn't it? Uh, trying to, to whip through all of that. So I guess some of the things I wrote in here, um, well, just to understand that America is Egypt and yeah. Babylon, Syria. I mean, those were like, oh, okay, wow. And to be able to um, know that this, those things are a type of shadow of what we're supposed to go through, but this is going to be much bigger. Yeah. That, that we're going to, you know, people made it through it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always go back to the brother Jared at the Tower of Babylon, and they made it through it. It wasn't easy. I mean, 300 and some days in the ocean and in a a doesn't sound like so much fun, but um, they certainly were able to still communicate with each other. Lehi and his family looking back and knowing that Jerusalem had been destroyed, but they made it out together, even though they still had their conflicts and their family. Mm -hmm. um, Nephi, you know, and his family having to separate from Laman and Lemuel. I'm, and, you know, they, they did and it was okay and it worked out. Um, you just keep, you know, just keep on the right covenant path and just keep being faithful. Mm -hmm. It's such a comfort to know that um, others went through it and it'll be okay. Just keep your eye on Jesus. It'll be okay. Mm -hmm. 
not just your eye, but your whole everything. Keep everything there. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of like the the principle of the ladder in in a nutshell, right? That um, if we can just maintain a proper perspective, that we can can make it through and we can ascend and stuff. But sometimes we get so bogged down with our tests and trials, especially if we don't have a good framework or um, if somehow we, we kind of yield to uh, a myopic tendency and we're just like so focused in and we're being attacked by Satan, etc. Sometimes it's hard to, to break out of that on our own. And so the, the levels of uh, ministering where there, there's hope of ministering angels to, to come and minister and, and help us through our trials, help us ascend. Um, we're not us. strangers. They're family that knows us and loves us. They're not strangers. Yeah, we know them through family history. They know us because they were, you know, we're theirs. Mm -hmm. And then we can call on them by name and and have them minister to us kind of thing. And likewise, that we can minister down the ladder as well. But isn't that so comforting? Like, what an amazing plan of of salvation this is um, to to have this ladder to to minister both sides of the veil, etc. That uh, we have a support system. You know, how many people don't have a support system, even within the church itself, like that they just think that they're alone. And, and sometimes they are alone because uh, nobody's <laughs> doing their ministry in assignment, or uh, maybe they're, they just don't, they put on a, a brave face, but they're not letting people in kind of a thing. Um, but it, it's so comforting to, to one, find a good support system. Uh, of people here on this earth that we can recognize and, and, and everything. And then also on the other side of the veil, having uh, previous family members, et cetera, um, uh, minister to us and, and help us through those, those things. Um, I just, these, these past couple of weeks, I've just been thinking a lot of, okay, who has been ministering to me? Who's helping me up Isaiah's ladder and who am I helping up the ladder. Am I helping anyone? Am I just kind of sitting here being self-serving and, and letting people minister to me and, and me not ministering to, to those uh, on, on different uh, levels of the ladder? And what does that look like? It's just, it's great to have this framework, this image of a ladder so that I can constantly be focusing on it and, and recognizing the, the support system that I'm a part of kind of thing, uh, both up and down. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> as we just kind of close out the night, it, it, it's been fun. I, I love learning Isaiah with everyone. Um, each of the groups are, are wildly different in all of their perspectives and things that they bring to it. Um, but it's interesting uh, with uh, uh, you and I, that uh, with Laura and I, that we have been through uh, part of this other Isaiah decoded uh, group, but Tuesdays just don't work out for me anymore. And so, like, I, I love still uh, studying and having that connection to that group and, and everything. Um, uh, but yeah, interesting to to go through this multiple times and and really get it uh, cemented in there because <laughs> I'm a I'm a thick headed. I slow to learn sometimes. I think that what you saw is what is going to continue. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I don't think it'll change very much. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate it. And on the Tuesday group, um, and I've learned a lot, but I think it's just going to kind of keep that same. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you think? Yeah, I don't know. It, it We kind of thought so the, the same thing, but you know, it, voicing that to them isn't <laughs> kind of a thing but um I, my, my Tuesdays got occupied but at the same time I, I kind of got out of it what I, I needed to in in order to kind of help our our other group kind of study Isaiah and kind of get on the right track hopefully we'll keep that going <laughs> hopefully people don't feel the same way about uh these groups as as we do about about the other one but I'm glad that they are doing it. And I, when they study other books and, and things of, of uh, Avraham's, I definitely want to jump in and kind of learn from them. It'd be interesting to kind of take it from some of the different proctors as well and our moderators and, and see kind of their takes on uh, leading those, those group discussions. Yeah. 
they haven't talked about another group or another book, I don't think. Mm -hmm. yeah. I lost the website for Jeff. Do you still have that? Um, I believe I do. Just a second. I wanted to say he's gonna, he was going to add some more stuff and I wanted to look and I, I usually save screens, but my screen's got. Uh -huh. um, I'm sure I do. I know I bookmarked it somewhere, but I just have to find it because I'm kind of disorganized. So I, I'll email that to you as soon as I find out. Okay. Thank you, Cameron. But yeah, it's been fun. Um, so uh, chapter week, so chapter three next week, we're, we're diving into to Babylon and rebels and worshipers of idols. It's going to be a fun week. It's kind of one of those oh, hard was, ones. <laughs> that was life-changing for me. Yeah. Uh, it was. <laughs> we're just going to turn the time over to you next time. We'll, we'll and and you know it was life-changing <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> been some of the hardest few weeks hasn't it <laughs> yeah really implementing and changing and becoming uh ascending that ladder is a difficult process sometimes <laughs> so you said that word become did you know that the church has a website called become.comeunterchrist.org oh I, i've heard of it i've never went there <laughs> it's actually, I, there's like a whole path um, we have a new Relief society president and she says i'm just becoming a Relief society president i said well that fits right in because the church has a become site now which is like what oh huh. just i'm gonna have to check that out yeah yeah just become dot come on to christ.org i think is what it is mm -hmm. yeah interesting let's check it <laughs> there's always something new to, to add to the list <laughs> i love it <laughs> but yeah um yeah i'll send you that that link for um F. his his page when i I uh, find that I'll, I'll look right now for it. But yeah, it's always fun I love studying with y'all and everything, but we'll, we'll see y'all later. See you next week. Right. Have a great night. Night. Bye. Bye.